Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods, and and we get to bring uh, interviews and, and people who are doing amazing things with science, technology, engineering, and math, that, that fun acronym that we call STEM, that we don't want to just be another buzzword uh, in your educational lingo. We want, we want to look at what are ways that people can actually use it and incorporate it into all the things that they're doing in their classrooms and at homes. Uh, today, we get to chat with Abigail Edgecliff Johnson, and uh, you can find her on Twitter at Dr. Edgecliff, which is Dr. E-D-G-E-C-L-I-F-F-E. Of course, that'll be in the show notes as well. But she has uh, created a brand new product. Uh, It's gone through the Kickstarter process. And uh, let's just chat about it. Welcome to the show, Abigail. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everybody. Hey, uh, it is so awesome to have you here because I love the idea of of your product being this 3D printed, printable, um, remote control car. And just what a cool idea. By the way, you can find it at racia, R-A-C-E-Y-A dot com. Um, but Abigail, you didn't start out being like this sciencey technology, engineering, math kind of person. You did research in anthropology and ended up with an idea. How does that work? <laughs> that is a good question. <laughs> so yeah, as you said, you know, I started life as an anthropologist partly because they always had great stories. So I... I love hearing about these sort of strange intersections of people and how they solve problems and what they do to solve those problems. And that's what culture is all about, right? It's sort of people creating systems to solve problems. Um, And I've always liked to sort of build things and tinker and take things apart. And so, although I am an anthropologist, um, I am now a toy maker, which makes total sense because (laughs) because I have two kids. And when you do anthropology, you do it all the time. Yes. And I was doing it to my own children and I was watching them and I was thinking, well, okay, why are they making the kinds of choices that they're making? What is driving their decision making about the world around them? Mm-hmm. And I realized it was the toys. The toys that they play with have uh, sort of an oversized effect of how they think about the world as just the media that they engage with. Exactly. And I thought, well, if we gave them better toys, they could make better choices. And so thinking about the sort of big toy of the day, which was American Girl doll at the time. And I thought, okay, this is this incredible juggernaut of a, you know, toy machine, but it's this customizable social object because you make it your own, you bring it to your friend's house to play, you play together. There's an educational component. Um, And if you go into the American Girl doll store, there are like piles of dads on the floor with their sons. (laughs) and just sort of sitting there and I remember thinking like wow why is there no version of this for boys and I went home and I thought oh I know exactly what it would be and there's no way I'm making it just for boys yeah (laughs) um because why would you ever do that (laughs) and so I came up with this idea for Racia and I thought well it's so obvious Mattel is going to do it tomorrow and then they didn't and then they still didn't so I was like fine I'll just do it myself (laughs) Because we've all got those great ideas. We would all, we, we're all like in our head, kicking around. I got that idea. Yeah. I could make that. But you actually decided to do it, right, Abigail? 
I did, um, which, you know, it's one of those, if I knew then what I know now, <laughs> yep. um, I'm thrilled that I did it. And it's been an extraordinary journey to have created it, but it's, uh, it's fascinating the amount of stuff that you get to learn when you embark on something that is totally outside your sort of traditional field of expertise. And actually being an anthropologist is really helpful with that because when I started Bracia, I started by going to uh, chat rooms. Uh -huh. um, for RC car enthusiasts and hobbyists. Gotcha. And as I was looking at the this, this sort of discussions that they were having, I realized that when they were talking about customizing their cars, everything that they were talking about doing with their cars was science, engineering, chemistry, math. You know, they were doing science all oh, the yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. But in service of making your cars go faster and winning races, not in service of like, now we will calculate a coefficient of friction. You know, they were oh, yeah. just figuring it out so that they could make things happen faster. And I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever that you could have kids doing science on purpose yeah. without realizing it. Yeah, yeah, it's that it's that stealth science. It's the exactly it's the un undercover. They don't even they don't even know it, and, and then you realize it, and you and you reveal it to them, and it's like, wow, the big reveal on a home show or something. It's like now I see exactly what you were doing. You taught me science and math and everything. Exactly, so. and what's great is that when you give kids that access point, you know, the sort of like here is this thing that you want to do anyway, and by the way, you learned all this stuff they get this sense of mastery and excitement that they don't necessarily get otherwise. And then they're so thrilled to be able to say words like torque and friction when they know what they mean. Oh yeah. Cause it's like a secret language, right? And they, they <laughs> feel so confident and cool because yeah. they know what that stuff is. And, and if they play with those kind of things as a kid and they start hearing, like you said, torque and friction and potential energy, kinetic energy, by the time they get to middle school, high school, and those concepts are, are introduced uh, on, a, on a higher level, Man, they're they're ready for it. That you you just made that that job easier for high school, middle school science teacher. Exactly, and that's all I want to do is make their jobs easier. Exactly, and 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 get rich slowly, right? Get rich slow. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's that's what it's like when you start a new product. At, at least according to to Abigail. So, um, <laughs> if you've got that great idea out there, educators, uh, don't worry. You two can get rich slowly, just like Abigail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, now let's let's talk through the product a little bit here. So it's a, it's sure. a it's it's three D printed uh, race car. Uh, you know, kind of that pistol trigger controller configuration, right? You kind of get yeah. In. I'm gonna I'll stop you a little bit because the three D printing it. part is sort of an after effect. So we are yep. looking to give kids a fully assembled, working injection molded like standard plastic toy. Um, okay. that you can play with straight out of the box and race around and play. Um, so to sort of back up a little bit, you open the box, you have a race car that works. Good. And it's a you know, radio control car that works right away because kids get really frustrated if they have to do homework before they get to play. Yeah, exactly. Right? So you yeah. Say, you oh, yeah, exactly. You don't want to do that. So you know, if you have to build some complicated object and you're not really sure if you're going to put it together correctly or you're not really sure if it's going to work right, Kids get bored halfway through. They get frustrated. They want their parents to do it for them. It doesn't happen. Um, so we have, here's a car that works right out of the box. Go play. And then every kid that we've ever tested it with has come back and said, okay, what else can it do? And that's where you get them. That's yeah. where you say, well, what do you want to do? You know, do you want to yeah. jump or drag or race or climb? And that drive is what 
forces, not forces them, but encourages them to want to go and do more. So the three things, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, that's that's the customizable part, like the American Girl doll, right? Precisely, precisely. And the 3D printing comes in when, A, yeah, if you break a part, you can actually just print a new part. Um, You know, I'll happily send you another injection molded one, but you might as well just print one yourself if you can, if you've got a printer at home or at school, we can give you those parts, um, access to those files to print it out. And then the rear of the car has my favorite thing in the whole world, which is a power takeoff. So if you're familiar with tractors, tractors have a power takeoff on the rear. And coming from New York City, I was not familiar with PTO. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually, I've learned a lot through this process. But it gives you um, a little gearbox that you can use to switch from high gear to low gear, just like you would on a a bicycle, right? So you can see the difference in speed versus power. But if you remove the gearbox completely, you have the PTO, and that lets you put other contraptions that use the rotational power of the motor and then also gives you access to the differential. So you can hook new stuff to that. So kids have invented things like bubble blowers or just, you know, sort of fans that propel the car. Some yeah. kid was like, you can make a vacuum cleaner. I was like, you can come to my house all the time. Because he figured <laughs> out that if it was spinning fast enough, you would actually create a vacuum, which I thought was genius. And, and you know, you can, you can create all sorts of new objects to go on that power takeoff. So the 3D yeah. printable elements are being able to customize it aesthetically so you can change the colors. You can add Lego dots to it so that you can put your Legos on there. Um, yep. You can put new accessories on there, like a camera holder. Um, oh, and then yeah, obviously the PTO. Yeah, because why wouldn't you put a camera on your car so you could be an awesome spy kid? Oh yeah, and 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 create a, a very cool video to put into your, you know. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So so. I, I, and 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 then I'm listening. You know, as I'm thinking, some educators are listening and thinking, you know, PTO and power takeoff and gearboxes and and that sounds pretty complicated to me. But but the best part about kids is they're they're just naturally curious. They're they're going to take those things apart and they're going to figure out what works, right? Yeah, and the the idea is that because I am um, a horrible parent and I don't want to have to play with my children's toys. <laughs> you are not a horrible parent. <laughs> Ask my daughter that when she's 13. But, well, yeah. <laughs> but because, you know, I thought I don't like those toys that require my kids to have my help before they can play because it means then they don't get to play with them because I'm busy or I'm doing other stuff or we're distracted. I wanted them to be able to do the discovery on their own. Uh-huh. I intentionally created Gracia to allow it to be very kid-first, kid-friendly, kid-driven, uh, um, so that they would go through that process of discovery. So initially, you know, you're taking off the wheels and you're putting on slicks from, you know, high tread wheels, or you're yeah. adjusting the depth of the, the tension in the springs on your shock absorbers. Um, uh-huh. The PTO is definitely more advanced, but actually kids get it really quickly and you don't have to fully understand all of the mechanics that are involved right. to be able to build something on it. And actually not understanding it will prompt you to, A, try and build something on it, B, try and figure out why it's not working, yeah. and then C, understand what it is that you are playing with and doing. And that's this trajectory of racial learning that we're always going for is I want to do a thing. I either can do that thing, yay, I know what I'm doing, or I didn't do it right and I can't figure it out. So let me learn more so that I can understand. And and that's what kids need more of today. I mean, I, you look around in a lot of, a lot of the new educational, the new STEM toys, you know, in, a lot of it is either, you know, very complicated. 
uh, and needs somebody to explain it, um, or or it's just you know inaccessible. Um, a, a lot of things you know, and, and this incorporates a lot of play, uh, a lot of being creative and and building and making and stuff. One of one of the things that struck me first when I saw uh, Racia, and again we're talking with Abigail Edgecliff Johnson. Uh, find find out more information at Racia.com. But you guys' promo video is like this race car crashing into something, which starts a whole Rube Goldberg machine in motion. You know, I just love that. I love Rube Goldberg machines so much. And, you know, the car is sort of in and of itself a Rube Goldberg machine because it's all about power transfer, right? Yeah. And that's what a Rube Goldberg machine is, is like whack something and that whack something that whack something. Exactly. And so that's what kids do with it. You know, when they say, what else can it do? Like, yeah, it's super fun to race your car around, but it's actually a lot more fun to use your car as a tool to create and do other things. And that's where the kids start getting really creative. And as you mentioned, like the way kids play and the way they get into stuff is very concrete. And the thing that upsets me about a lot of the current STEM toys is that they tend to be very abstract. And so if you give a kid a series of disconnected modules or, you know, disparate parts that are all kind of piled together, but you could use them to make something phenomenal. You're asking a kid to have the abstract thinking capability to say, okay, I want to make a Ferris wheel. If I want to make a Ferris wheel, a Ferris wheel has these 27 different components that if I pull them apart in this way, I reverse engineer it. Okay. What I need is X, Y, and Z. So now let me take X, Y, and Z and then build a Ferris wheel. That's a really complicated process for a kid. Yeah, exactly. They get race cars. They get them right away. They know what they're supposed to do. They know how they work. And so when they don't work, the instinct is, okay, what can I do to fix it? How can I get in there? Because they already know so much about what they're supposed to be doing. Awesome. Also, they're awesome. just super fun. Yeah. And, and and you talked earlier about, you know, I mean, you wanted something that a kid could take out of the box and play with, even if you don't have time to be playing with them. But uh, it is an awesome thing to be able to play with your family, uh, with your brothers and sisters, you know, your parents, whoever's around in the room, you know, I mean. Uh, yeah. And I love that you can actually have, yeah, sorry. I, I, I love that you can have, you know, one car and five kids can play with it. Yeah. That's you know, not, that's not typical. No. <laughs> well, you know, because I live in New York city and when you go to the playground in New York city, cause you have to, cause your apartment's too small. Um, yeah. <laughs> you are, invariably interacting with tons of other kids. So the rule is if you bring a toy to the playground, you better be prepared to share it. Ah. Right. Cause the kids are going to want to play with what you're playing with, whatever it is you bring, oh, everybody yeah. wants to play. And so what we do is we take race to the playgrounds all the time. And that's yep. how we field test it to get real data about how kids really interact with it and what breaks and what doesn't, and what they like, what they don't. Yeah. And what we see is that kids really kind of gravitate towards anything that's zipping around and moving but they will then kind of work in teams to figure stuff out. And that's what's so cool is they actually create their own little pit crews. (laughs) Yeah. You know, to to sort of modify the car on the fly. And it's so amazing to watch. So you get to do kind of STEM, but also team building at the same time, which is great. And and so there's all those other soft skills that a kid can learn from just building something, taking things apart, putting them back together, customizing it. Um, saying, what else can I get it to do? And and that's really what innovation, and, and you see all the time right now uh, in, in the world. I mean, a phone is just a phone, but when you innovate and you add things to it, now it's the iPhone, and you can't even imagine just having a phone anymore. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I always say is, like, you know, the guy who invented the iPhone, he didn't have one. 
Yeah. Right. So if you think about what the skill is for the future, what those skills are that we need our kids to have, it's not a particular specific code skill. It's not a particular specific math skill. No apology. You know, no, no offense. I love math. I'm, but it's I'm not. Math teacher, but it's good. Yeah. You know, it's not about like, you know how to calculate this thing. Yep. It's you know how to approach a problem. You know how to think creatively, problem solve creatively, problem take from 12 different elements of your life and your learning, combine them together to look for a new solution. And, you know, the secret, of course, is that STEM is the buzzword now, but the buzzword used to be problem solving, right? And yeah. project-based learning. Yep. They're kind of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Don't. I'll, have to change the name. I'll have to change the name of the STEM Everyday Podcast to something else. <laughs> Well, you probably will in five years when the, you know, the trend changes, but, you know, at its core, the thing that great teachers do is they teach kids how to see the world, unpack that world, and then discover something new about that world. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so definitely, I mean, this is not a, um, you know, just a, a passing fad, this whole STEM education thing. Um, this is, this and and I like what you what you've shared about Abigail about what you see as 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 this is a great example of what STEM education should be going forward. Yeah, when I when I look at STEM education um, and actually education generally, one of the trends that we're seeing and this is kind of an old trend, but it's morphing um, is the homeschooling. Yep. Because when you look at homeschooling, particularly some of the co-op schools that have been created. Yep. And these very self-directed learning schools, what you're seeing is almost a return to like the 18th century master's version where you have the chess master and the mathematics master and the you know chemistry master. You have kids learning deeply in a few subjects that they are interested in, and then yeah. they explore from there um, rather than the sort of industrial education model, um, yep. which, you know, Every kid should learn how to read, write, and do mathematics. But, you know, there are some basic things that you really have to have. But this idea that you can take a kid and um, follow their interests into learning subjects, and it's not about, oh, well, they will only know about X, Y, and Z, but more you're giving them that opportunity to stretch their mind and stretch their creativity, and then those skills can be applied in any context. It doesn't really have to be, you know, well, I know how to do botany, so I'm never going to look at chemistry, or I know how to do botany, so I'm never going to look at uh, literature, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those things are always intermingled. And and when you said botany, my first thought was the Martian, and I'm thinking of, you know, I, I, yes, he's the greatest botanist on, on the planet Mars, but he had to survive with all the other skills that he had besides botany, and including exactly. botany. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, we want our kids to survive the robot apocalypse by having all the skills. <laughs> yes, or, or arrive being stranded on Mars, and and it all starts with buying them a, uh, a, a car, right? <laughs> yes, that's actually the only way that they're going to survive on Mars is I, if they have a race car yeah. when they're little. Yeah. So, but actually, um, what's funny um, is that when you look at the stats for what gets girls into STEM versus what gets boys into STEM, girls tend to have gone into STEM because they had a personal connection, so it's a teacher or a parent or somebody that introduced them to science uh, in that way, whereas yeah. boys were introduced through toys. So a lot of the building toys, right? We're thinking Legos and video games. Yeah, yeah. So if we can create toys that combine the social and the science, then we have a way of getting girls into STEM. 
you you must be like an anthropologist who understands all this stuff. <laughs> That's your secret power. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. So um, I I gotta say, uh, awesome awesome chatting chatting with you, Abigail. Um, again, uh, Abigail Edgecliffe Johnson. You can find her on Twitter at Dr. Edgecliffe. Uh, you can find all about the the Racia cars on Racia.com. They would definitely be. I mean an awesome thing to get for your own kid, your grandkids, your, your neighbor's kids, your classroom, you know, all those kinds of things. Yes, it's going to cost a little bit, but um, just the, the idea of, like you said, that, that, that physical, that toy aspect, adding to it the social, the problem solving, um, it's something that can, that can really, really help every kid. Um, that's that's awesome. the goal. <laughs> we do. We want to help all the kids, you know, and we want to get lots of kids playing together, creating together, um, you know, laughing and having fun and doing ridiculous things, like making a drivable princess castle with turrets that launch off it and spew glitter, just as a suggestion. Uh, glitter everywhere? Oh. <laughs> you, 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 that's my kryptonite. I know, I'm sorry, but it's so pretty. And, and, and you, were even, you were even telling me how much you love Rube Goldberg machines. You, you built a Rube Goldberg machine uh, for your daughter's birthday. You got to tell this story. Okay, so... Um, the thing that I didn't mention is when I built Racia, I used to be an anthropologist, but I also like to build uh, cakes that have robot parts in them. So I like to build cakes that move and light up and spin and sometimes explode a tiny bit. And wow. my daughter, yeah, <laughs> my daughter um, loves Rube Goldberg machines. She loves watching OK Go. Then yep. their videos are amazing. And so she asked if I would do a Rube Goldberg sort of invention themed birthday. Ah. And so I built in the living room across an entire wall, I built a Rube Goldberg machine that had, I think it was 12 different um, transfer points. Yep. And the end purpose of the Rube Goldberg machine was to quote unquote, decorate her cake. So at the end of this Rube Goldberg machine, there was a cake sitting there covered in frosting over which was suspended a balloon. And the balloon hit a pin, which popped the balloon and dumped sprinkles all over the cake. <laughs> and it was, et voila. Now you are decorated. <laughs> Yay. Yay. And it was great fun and hilarious. Uh, and it made a massive great mess, but it was wonderful. So, yeah, um, yeah I think, you know, there's tons of STEM in that, but there's also tons of giggling and laughter. And that's what I love about STEM is you can create things that make people laugh. Those, those emotional connections are, are so important. And, and sprinkles are much better than glitter. I will agree with that. <laughs> Um, Abigail, I, I, I can't let you go without asking one last fun question here. If you could have, uh, somebody have somebody dinner with somebody, uh, from STEM from past or present, uh, who would you love to have dinner with? That's a great question. Um, there are so many cool women in STEM right now, yeah. uh, that are just doing phenomenal fun things, but I saw the movie bombshell, um, which is the Hedy Lamar story. Okay. And Hedy Lamarr is this beautiful, incredible, famous actress um, yep. who also invented Wi-Fi. Yep. Um, and I love people like that who have both sides of their personality. And I think you find that a lot of scientists do. You have a lot of scientists who are also musicians and also artists. You know, you think yeah. of Da Vinci was a painter and an inventor, you know. So people like her. Or like you just talked about a moment ago, OK Go. I mean, they're very much scientists yet musicians. Exactly. You know, I think those two things are really tightly linked. And so meeting somebody like Hedy Lamarr, who is deeply, deeply immersed in this creative world, 
and also on the side was coming up with incredible ways of solving, you know, how do we um, get around the German U-boats and their satellite, their radar, right? She was trying to figure out how to, how to solve the world wars. Yeah, exactly. Like that's a huge, amazing, incredible problem that this woman sort of did in her spare time. Yeah, which is time. awesome. Yeah, as you do. So I would love to sit down with her because she sounds phenomenal. And you should all go see Bombshell. I think it's on Netflix now. Okay, well, I'll, I'll have to check out Bombshell. And um, I'll have to, again, encourage everybody to check out racia.com. And um, again, thanks for joining us today, Abigail. It's it's so awesome just chatting with you and, and your your love, your passion for helping kids to, to, to take STEM and play and smash up together into, into one great ball of learning. Thank you so much, Chris. This has been great fun. Good. Well, um, thanks again for joining us on this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Uh, You can subscribe to the STEM Everyday Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Uh, Leave a review. Thanks for uh, joining us today, and we'll talk again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com. Thank <laughs> you.